This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV and Association for MTK Global. Usyk Chizora is on. We hope coronavirus doesn't impact that. Uh, Derek, very respectful between you and Alexander today. Um, why do you think he's taking this risk? You know what? For him to take this risk, I don't know, but it's going to be a good fight. I am excited. Alexander is going to come to fight. You know, or he's going to come to fight or box. It's going to be one or the other. Who knows? I don't know, but... One thing I know for sure is we're going to train to our ability to overcome whatever hell we go through. So, you know, it's going to be amazing. Everyone is talking about coronavirus. You've got to concentrate on May the 23rd. Is that mentally affecting you, though, Derek? No, it don't affect me, man. Coronavirus never affects me. I, uh, I, uh, listen, it's a sadness that is killing people with all this research we got and all these billions we have people are just dying but at the same time it's genocide put something out that can kill every half of this population so we can rebuild you know people complain about climate change I think the most destroyers in the world are human beings and maybe we can clear some of this human beings around it's okay Oh, you believe it's been put out? It's been put out, man. Come on, man. It's been put out. You said today that you can't prepare for someone like Alexander. Uh, there is no sparring partner for him. Is that not an issue? That, that's not an issue. We'll just get a southpaw and just go rock and roll. Yeah. Whose T-shirt is that, mate? Is that my T-shirt? Happy to be back at the O2. Uh, Eddie said it's your first time. Yeah, first home. I love Manchester too, but it's all it's all happening right now. Is what lies ahead in the future playing in your mind as well? Because yeah. no, just having this fight with this guy and that's it. Do you believe you stop Alexander Ruzic on May 23rd, Derek? I believe it's going to be a good fight. Get in it. I'm looking for a knockout. I'm looking for a knockout. There's, there's, there's your boss. Who? Coogan. Coogan, now, now you've made so much money, you don't do me anymore. I'm one waiting for one. He's worth six million or whatever, or 60 million. He's going to come and rob me. Where's your address? Your father. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Uh, it's Interesting times at the heavyweight division. Do want to ask you about a few other fights. White Povetkin. Uh, how do you see that one going, Derek? <laughs> Don't know why Dylan's taking that one. <clears throat> he needs to get fit. But it'll be a good fight anyway. Can't wait. Uh, also, Joshua Pulev. Do you expect AJ to come through? That obviously two guys you know very well. Yeah, AJ. If AJ goes back to his old style, yeah, he'll knock him out in a couple of rounds. Uh -huh. I said there was a lot of critics for Alexander Ruzic after his heavyweight debut. Do you think they were justified? Yeah, but is that a real Rolex you're wearing? It's not a Rolex. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, Alexander did well. You know, give him a shot, bro. Listen, it's boxing. Anybody, you can box heavyweight. Don't know about that. Feet and fast hands, you could do it. Anybody can do it. It's all about if you got that heart and balls, my friend. The kahunas. Okay, Derek Chisora, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much.
This is Andy Perroff, Boxing Social, in association with Betfred, and I'm glad you're with a savage Sam Eggington here in Birmingham. Sam, how are you doing? I'm good, mate, yeah, I'm good. Obviously, you're fighting on your good friend Shakan Peter's undercard as he about attempts to win the British title, yeah. but we've got no opponent announced for yourself as of yet. What can you kind of update us on? I can't really, pal. Um, I'm training for an eight-rounder. Uh, when the opponent is, is set, it'll be set. I mean, I don't do that part. I just train. How does it change your preparations with regards to not knowing your opponent and we're only a matter of just over two weeks away now from fight night? How does it change your mindset and preparation? I think for all our fights, we've, uh, we just try and worry about what we're doing. As long as we've got, as long as we're doing our job in the gym, out of the gym, dieting, blah, blah, blah. Um, it should go comfortable. I mean, it's not going to be, you know, a super super difficult world-class fight so it's not like we need you know crazy tactics it's going to be um, a good eight round solid kid who can do the rounds how do you kind of see the rest of this year playing out for yourself i know he was very active last year how do you kind of see the, the rest of this year playing out um like i said i just got to get this one out of the way um and with a win here we, we can we can wait but I'm happy to stay as active as possible. Um, I spoke to John about a, a certain show, you know, in April. Um, so as as active as I can, I don't need I don't need, you know, ten, twelve rounds. I don't mind doing six and eight rounders um, every month if if I could. But I'm just gonna stay as active as possible. Obviously, you'll put super well to it as well now. How soon until we start to see you challenging for more titles up there? Like I said, as soon as the phone calls in. Um, we we, um, we talk about every offer, yeah. you know. If, if we can, if we feel like it's a good offer um, and everyone and it's fair for everyone, then you know we'll take it. There's no one we're gonna say no to. Uh, I'd like to defend the title that we won in Italy and, and go from there. But like I say, we've got to get this one out of the way. So just get a word as well on Shakan Peters. He's facing Chad Sugden for a British title. How's Ch uh, Shakan been looking in, in camp? Shakan been looking good, man. He, he you know he always he always trains hard, but I think. If you ask anyone in the gym, you'll see he's got the bit between his teeth for this one. Um, I mean, anyone would. Any any British boxer coming up, you you tell them they're fighting for the British title, you know, and and, and they're training, you know, double time. So, so yeah, he's looking really good. And obviously, towards your the end of your time at welterweight, until you moved up, you was kind of starting to struggle a bit more with the weight. Shakan obviously huge at lot heavyweight. What's it like with him making weight? Does he ever talk about any struggles or anything? It's it's mad because obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna say you know he's, he's comfortable on the weight, um, but I, I do know he's comfortable on the weight. You know, Shakan's one of them people that he don't really go far away from their weight. Not that I can see all the way through the year. I mean, he's always in great shape. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's always training. He's always in great shape. You know, he he don't work anymore. He's a full time boxer now. So you know, this he, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna thrive on that. So. You know, don't have to get up for work. He, he trains day in, day out. You know, so he, his weight's good. He's always has been, I think. But a couple of quick ones, just thoughts on a couple of fights. Alexander Usyk versus Derek Chisora was announced yesterday. What are your thoughts on it? I think it's a good fight. I mean, any any, any fight with Derek Chisora is a good fight, but I think it's a hard task. Uh, you know, just the way you know Usyk boxes. You know, and I think the way he boxes is awkward, but he really does hit as well at the same. So. It's going to be a hard night for Derek, but you know I think I think Usyk comes out on top. And then the other one I was trying to get your thoughts on was Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin, which was announced last week again. What are your thoughts on that one, Sam? I think that's another good one. I mean, Povetkin's I, I don't mean, I don't know how old he is, but I think he's you know he's pushing on now. But he always brings brings it out of the bag. If he catches you like left hook, you know you're probably going to go. But I think Dillian White will, will do it. I think he outworks him, and he might even get a late stoppage. I think.
This is Uma Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global, joined by Dean White. It's been ages, man. We used to like do an interview, I think like two or three times a week, me and you. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. I'm going to do Ipe. Hey, I want to hold this, please. Um, is it short me hold or you hold? I'm <laughs> joking. I'm not, let me stop. Let me stop. Sorry about that. Yeah, you hold, it's all fine. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. I remember that interview with FA in Brooklyn and he was like, no, I want to hold the mic. I I just aye, aye, that is a funny interview. I was watching it. I messaged you yesterday, innit? But nah, nah, he's interesting. He's not a bad talent, but uh, he's still got a lot of learning to do. On the mic and in the ring. <laughs> well, him and Dubois are kind of titled as the next tier of heavyweights yeah. who are going to stay on top. Uh, Hergovic is there as well. Who do you think out of them three are going to make it? Um, Hergovic is, 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 a, is a top, top boy and very, very strong as well. You know, um, Dubois is up there as well, obviously a UK lad, big, strong. He's got to get past Joe Joyce um, shortly, so, you know, let's see. And um, Ife, he, he's good, but you saw he, 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 he climbed up from the canvas, not this fight, the previous fight. To, but that was a guy who had vast experience. He was in the Klitschko camp when we was down there. So, you know, that guy's been around the block. So that's a good solid win for him as well. But that guy is a, a, a really a, a blown up cruiserweight, so yeah. We'll go through each heavyweight fight. I do want to start with your brother and Alexander Bevekin. It's kind of getting ridiculous now how many risks your brother's taking. Whilst he could just wait uh, yeah. around for that shot at, at Tyson Fury or whoever holds the WBC belt next year in February, his box now Joseph Parker, Lucas Brown, Oscar Rivas, Alexander Bevekin, Derek Chisora twice. Um, Robert Hellanius, who's just had a very good knockout win over Adam Kalnaxi. So that win looks a little bit better. And that was a tough performance for Dylan, actually, no, compared to the others. No, absolutely. Listen, people forget who Robert Hellanius was. He was a big prospect coming up back in the day when he had his fight with Derek and so, yeah, he beat Chisora. And, he's a, and he can punch. Even Dylan said in that fight, listen, that, that guy can punch like a mule. You know what I mean? And I think he had a, he had a, he had a time where he lost, I think, was it two... Was that to Jared Washington recently? Actually, was it a surprise? Did he? Well, that, that, that's terrible. Lost that one. But I don't know what happened with Adam Kalnatsky the other night. Yeah, something, something didn't go well for him. But you know what? Sometimes when you got caught, you get caught cold. You know, things like that can happen. And it's heavyweight boxing as well. But um, you know, at least he's come back and he's, like he said, that win looks a little bit better now because obviously people were kind of complaining about the win and saying, "Oh, you had a hard fight with him." But um, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a top fighter and, and, and he showed that now, so he's right back in the mix. In terms of White Povetkin, I think Povetkin, it's fair to say, is coming to the end of his career, but still top seven, arguably, heavyweight in the world, so it's a fantastic he's fight. Right up there. I, you know, he's, I know I keep talking about it, but you know, if you look at Saudi against Hunter, what a performance. It was a fight of two halves, man. Seriously was, you know. And in the middle, there was good trade-offs with both of them. So, I mean, like... Um, you know, he's still got a lot in the tank. But maybe that could have been him at his pinnacle. That could have been like him reaching absolute max. Can he go back to the well again at 40 years of age, you know? But um, we're, we're talking about someone who is um, a, a, an Olympian, former Olympian, a former WBA world champion. So he's got good, good pedigree. He's strong, he's solid. His gears are slow. But, he, he you know, he, he, he once he gets going, he's hard to stop. And he's only lost his two losses with Joshua and Klitschko. So, I mean, you know that he, he's got still a lot in the tank, yeah? You know, so you know. Um, so, Dill needs to be on his A game to go out there and get a convincing win. If he gets a stoppage, it's, it's, it's great because it's a big statement. But we'll take a win however it comes. Do you think that would be his best win of his career if he beats Alexander Bevecchio? Yeah, I think that would be right up there with the best of them. Because, you know, when, like he said, he gave jo Joshua a good run for his money. Um, I heard Joshua had a fluoro cold and you know we had some issues but he did still he still had to hit the target and he broke his nose or damaged his nose and he was giving him a good run for his money early. Um, he's quite a small heavyweight so sometimes when you look at them they're probably quite deceptively probably maybe a little bit deceptively fast and he was catching Joshua early you know. So let's see but what I do know is he's durable, really strong and he's got a lot of experience and I think if Dill can win convincingly and get a stoppage I think that will go down as definitely one of the you know the, the highlights of his career so far. We could have a uh, situation potentially where Dylan's fight with Alexander is pushed back because uh, everything what's going on. Um, obviously, everyone's talking about the coronavirus and what's going on. Um, so there is a possibility. Um, let's hope not because we're talking about virtually what was it May, and then Chisora's end of May going on to June. So 
um, let's hope really that you know it, it gets itself to be contained by then. And uh, but across the across the waters in Italy and uh, you know in America, Ukraine, there's lots of um, they're locking up shop and they're closing everything down. So you know I'm not going to be surprised if they do it here shortly. You know because you know get your toilet rolling. Uh, oh bloody yeah! I think they're all gone now, isn't it? Uh, it's, we're out, we're out. <laughs> Right, let's just say it does get pushed back because th there is a strong chance that could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Dylan then probably boxes late summer, early autumn, right? So He's going to be very upset. Yeah, I, I bet. Very, All very fighters are going to be upset. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we've got two... You might fight before this. You might fight somewhere else. Like, you? Well, yeah, I've got to stay away from him. Trust me. We've got two scenarios here. So we've got scenario one where he boxes on May 2nd. How many times would you like him to box this year before he gets that mandatory shot? Do you know, I'm sure there's another possibility. He could box three times this year or two times. It's all down to negotiation, how much time he wants off, and all, all the virus and loads of other things. But, you know, in, a, in, in, in like, so if he, if he gets to box now, he could box September and then December, or he could box October, November, and then that's it. So it could be just another two times. But it just depends what kind of level of opponent you're talking about fighting, because that dictates how long. Because if you want a 10-week camp and then you want a bit of rest and so on, it's not going to leave much room for, you know, that kind of thing. So it's just one of them, isn't it? So let's see what happens, like you say, because if that gets pushed back, then it, it, the likelihood he might just have another one. Or, you know, but, it, it, you know, there is a possibility he could have three fights by the end of the year. But like I said, it all depends on the opponent he's fighting and the, and the, the time in between. Because if he fights now, I'm sure he could, what was it, what were we talking about, May? So potentially he could fight again in September and he could fight in December. But then you're not going to fight December and then February. I don't know. It just depends on the level of opponents. Because you want to maybe keep acting, keep active, keep sharp, keep loose, keep nimble. You know what I mean? So let's see. Joshua and Tyson Fury both go into tough fights. We can't forget that. Deontay Wilder isn't just a bum overnight. He's yeah. Deontay Wilder, one of the hardest punchers yeah. ever. But Tyson Fury is expected to win that fight going off the rematch. Uh, same with Anthony Joshua against Kubrat Pulev, arguably a top 10 heavyweight, Kubrat Pulev, but Anthony Joshua is expected. If both that happens, who would you rather see Dylan fight in that Anthony Joshua rematch or Tyson Fury? Um, there's many, I don't know, as a businessman, you look at the Anthony Joshua fight, everyone looks at it as a golden ticket, it's probably the fight that pays the most, but I mean, it just depends where the fight's done because the Tyson Fury fight, he's contracted to fight in America for the next few fights, so I guess he's getting paid quite decent money doing those fights. So if he's done over there, I'm sure the money do will be offered will probably be career high, you know, purse, but Anthony Joshua fight is a bigger fight in terms of money, but then he's been waiting for the WBC for a long time, so maybe he just wants to do that fight to say I've done that route. But, you know, I'm sure him and his team will decide and look at that and figure it out. But, I mean, for me, I'm not, I'm not fussed. As long as he gets his opportunity, I think it's only due and it's only fair and it's only right that he gets his opportunity for the world title. Well, no, yeah, of course it'd be for the WBC. I'm just saying it's most likely either Joshua Fury holds that belt when your, your brother's mandatory. Um, just wondering what, what you and Dill think would be the better fight for him, really. I, I don't really have any thought on that. I know they've got a great rivalry, them two. But I mean, like, I know, like you say, because what's this? The trilogy happens. Do these not get a unification at the end of the year? And then uh, is that what you're trying well, to do? That was about? looking like what, what was going to happen. But with this virus, we don't know if Wilder Fury is going to get pushed back. Joshua Pule is going to. Yeah. So it might delay the undisputed fight. Yeah, no, I understand. So that's what I was just trying to figure out where the angle was coming from. Uh, is so complicated anyways. This virus is making it, it so much now more. The, the virus has added a new element. So, um, yeah, it's just one of them. But... Um, Listen, we've got to get past Povetkin first instead of looking past, but I'm not sure which one. I think both of those fights are top fights. They're both top boys, and uh, Dylan's up there with them, one, two, and three. So I think any one of them at any given time will be a great fight. But I think imagining um, Dylan White versus the Gypsy King press conference, man, that would be a talk-off, mate. That would be, be a press conference and a half. So if you're talking about that, to get the, the blood boiling the, uh, and to have a, a, a good old a tear-up of, uh, of words... You know, that'll be interesting. What have you made of all this glove conspiracy with Tyson Fury? I'm not interested in that. The man won fair and square. I'm, I don't know what, you know, maybe it's the, the angle, how they slow it down. I don't know what that's about. But for me, I'm not really interested in the glove situation. The man won fair and square, you know what I mean? A load of rubbish, to be honest, yeah, I think. People, you know, like people are making up this and that. Remember, them glove situation, they were talking about that from the first fight. They didn't make such a big song and dance about it when he was on the floor and he nearly got his ass knocked out. 
So now that he's smoked their guy, why is it such a big deal that, you know what I mean? And I'm sure he would have damaged his hands if he didn't have any rats under there, because you can't punch without rats properly. He'd probably break all these bloody fingers, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, it's a bit, it's just smoke and screens and what they're trying to As if the Nevada Commission would allow that anyway. Exactly, and that's what I said to them before. Your hands get checked in the room, they get checked, they, they wrap them, they sign them off. Then you put your gloves on, they wrap them and sign off. When you get in the ring, the, 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 he checks your gloves, looks at them. It's just not going to happen. So, I don't know. These guys, they, you know, they try and make up stuff as they go along. Usyk Chisora have just squared off today in London. Yeah. What did you make of that fight? Uh, Usyk is a favourite going into it. Um, but what chance do you give Delboy? Yeah, no, it's a brilliant fight. You, you know, Usyk is a phenomenal fighter, you know what I mean? Southpaw. He's done it all, man, you know what I mean? When you talk about him, he's, he's going to go down as one of the best, as his stable mate, Lomachenko, you know? So um, it's definitely an interesting fight. You know, I'm hoping Derek can pull it off and go there, like he says, and bring the pain and bring the pressure and um, maybe pull off the, the greatest upset that we've ever seen. What's happening with yourself anyways? Um, Shikan Pitters, we know the situation with him. Who else are you managing? Uh, I've got a few other boys. I've got Mason Smith. A guy over there who's with Derek now, if he, he should be fighting, um, hopefully, on the undercard, hopefully. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I've got, um, I think that's it at the minute, really. I'm just, I know Mason. And I've got uh, Steve Woodall. So, we're just, I'm just looking for dates for some of these boys, you know. Um, but, yeah, again, it is a bit of a difficult time. A few of the shows that potentially I was going to go on, they've actually, they've actually cancelled them already. So, well, with the smaller whole ones, like, obviously, they, have, they just rely on tickets being sold, so you need the public there for the show to go on. So... For the small horse in, it's really bad. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Listen, uh, there's been a lot of complaining already. I had a, I had a few people I've been speaking to on the phone. Um, not many, some of them ain't promoting that much anymore. Some of the shows that they had recently have been pulled, and then some of the shows are, are full already. So it's just, it is a hard game, you know what I mean? Um, so I've got to just keep plugging away and try and find the shows to plug the boys onto. Shakan's not on a, a bad TV station, no, Channel 5. Yeah, Channel 5, man, he's, he's done all right. They've, done, they've got him on there. Let's see how that works out. Hopefully it does good numbers and stuff. And um, they say it goes up to nearly 2 million viewers. I'm not too sure if what, what is the case there, but I guess David will, will give us more of an indication. He's the man who knows about it. I might actually ask him next. <laughs> All right, well, Dean, uh, thank you for your time here. Hopefully your fight with, uh, not your fight, sorry, your brother's fight with Alexander Povetkin. You ain't fighting Alexander Povetkin. Um, hopefully that does go on and all the other heavyweight fights. But at the moment, we can't really say for sure. Only time will tell, man. I'm sure in the next week or so, a lot of things will become clearer. Stock up on your toilet roll, people. Right, Cheers, trust me, I think it's all gone already, mate. It's all gone. Trust me. So we had the Alexander Usek Derek Chisora launch press conference today. The fight is scheduled to take place on May the 23rd. Now, most people are picking Alexander Usek to win this fight. And I'm in that camp as well. Because if you look at Derek Chisora's record, yes, he's lost nine times. But even in some of the fights he hasn't lost, he has struggled with movers. So, of course, we know that he lost twice to Tyson Fury, who moved a lot in both fights. He also lost to Ajit Kabayel, who moved a lot, lost that on an MD, lost to Kubrat Pulev, even had issues with Marcelo Nascimento, who moved a lot. That went to points over 10. And most recently, he couldn't pin down Senad Gashi, who boxed a lot of that fight southpaw, if not most of it. Gashi... A similar size to Usyk, maybe a bit smaller actually in terms of height and reach. And as I say, Derek Chisora struggled to land a clean shot on Gashi all night. He won the fight, no problem, because Gashi really didn't have any offense of his own. But it just goes to show that if you employ some movement and you've got decent foot speed, Derek Chisora is going to struggle to keep up with you. So with that being said, Alexander Usyk one of the best movers in the whole game. 
He can move for 12 rounds, absolutely no problem at all. And unlike Senagashi, he's got elite level offense that he can add to that movement. One of the most impressive performances of Usyk's career, for me at least, was when he beat uh, Christoph Klavatsky for the WBO Cruiserweight World title. He put on an absolute clinic. I mean, he boxed circles around that guy. Kept moving all night, popping a jab. It Just fantastic boxing. Derek Chisora is going to need to <laughs> obviously be consistent and persistent. But he's also going to need a lot of luck to be able to win this fight, in my view. Now, that luck might come in the form of an injury to Alexander Usek because they have delayed and delayed and delayed and de delayed the announcement of this fight. And Eddie Hearn was pretty frank in saying that, yeah, Usek has had this niggle with his elbow. But that niggle with his elbow has been going on for how long now? At least a year? We've been hearing about this elbow issue for Alexander Usek. One of the things which was surprising to me is when Usek said, that he was very nervous for his fight against Chaz Witherspoon. Why on earth would a guy who was an Olympic gold medalist, who did fantastically well in the World Series of Boxing, who was undisputed cruiserweight champion and fought lots of men in elite level fights in their backyards and won those fights, why would a guy like that be very nervous fighting Chaz Witherspoon? I mean, in that fight, you could see him crossing himself, you know, making the, the sign of the, the crucifix, I think before several of the rounds. That might just be something he regularly does in fights, perhaps. But again, he said, he admitted that he was very nervous for that fight. I just find it strange. The only way I can, in my head, explain why he might be very nervous is because he wasn't 100%. And he was worried about what if my injury plays up or if, what if this happens or what that happens. So does Alexander Usek's elbow injury or maybe some other injury take confidence away from him and also ability away from him? And if so, how much? Does it take enough away from him for Derek Chisora to actually have a decent chance of winning this fight? These are the questions. If Alexander Usek is firing on all cylinders and he's at 100%, I would be surprised if Derek Chisora beats him. I'm not going to say I'll be amazed because at the end of the day, Usek hasn't fought anybody as big and strong and bullish as Chisora with that type of style. He easily outboxed Gassiev, but Gassiev isn't as developed as a front foot pressure fighter as Derek Chisora is. Derek Chisora bobs and weaves. He's obviously much bigger than Gassiev. He's a very physically strong man who's used to being in there against huge heavyweights. So against Usek, I mean, Derek Chisora is probably going to look very, very strong indeed. So I know that it's uncharted territory for Usek, but I still feel as though when I look at many of Derek Chisora's previous fights, surely... Usyk is going to be able to replicate and go some better than other fighters who have faced Chisora that moved a lot and outboxed him. You know, the Ajit Kabayel fight wasn't a million years ago. The Senad Gashi fight was relatively recent. And yes, again, he won the fight, but go back and watch it. See how many times Derek Chisora is able to land anything clean on that guy. He hardly could at all. And that's Senad Gashi. Yeah, so I'm expecting an Alexander Usyk points victory here if he's firing on all cylinders. If there is an upset and Derek Chisora does get him, I'll be surprised. <laughs> I can't say it will be a massive shock, again, because of the weight jump and the potential injuries there for Usyk. It won't be a massive shock, but it definitely will be a surprise because I think Usyk is just uh, too talented and too good a mover for Derek Chisora. Some people are talking about whether this fight should be pay-per-view. I mean, <laughs> on paper, can it be justified as a pay-per-view? Well, obviously they made Vassal Lomachenko versus Luke Campbell a pay-per-view. 
but that was a world title fight for one. And also, I think Vasilomachenko, at least this is my perception, is a more popular fighter globally than Alexander Usyk is. Even though Usyk has been fantastically successful himself, and unlike Lomachenko, he hasn't taken a loss, the impression I get is that Lomachenko is a bigger name. Maybe because he's fought you know, more high-profile fights in the United States, whereas Usyk has been kind of on the road everywhere. He hasn't really settled down to build a buzz around him in one particular spot. I don't know. Um, in fact, give me your thoughts on that. Why do you think that Lomachenko is a bigger name than Usyk, if he is at all? Maybe my perception is off on that. But uh, yeah, I think that um, Alexander Usyk should be winning this fight. Is it a pay-per-view? Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to whether you as an individual think it represents value. I'll be interested to see who they put on the undercard. If they can bolster it up with a real strong undercard, then maybe, you know, maybe. And who knows, if Derek Chisora manages to pull off the upset, let's say he knocks Usek out, very few people will be asking for their money back. <laughs> you know, I've heard Eddie Hearn say this at times, wait till after the event before you start slating me about a pay-per-view. And to be fair, I was proved wrong by one of Eddie Hearn's cards. And that was the AJ Ruiz card. Because I said before that fight that the undercard was weak. That the AJ Ruiz top of the bill was decent, but the undercard, nah. I turned out to be completely wrong because that undercard actually produced some really, really good fights. So, you know, it has to be said, probably best to wait till after. Now, certain pay-per-views, of course, you're more likely to be able to predict whether it's going to be worth it or not. But some of them, when there's a measure of uncertainty, like this one here, you never know. It's, just, it's like with the David Hay, Tony Bellew pay-per-views. The first one in particular. David Hay was a big favorite, but there was all these rumors about him being injured and all this kind of stuff behind the scenes. And he'd fought very weak opposition in his comeback. So there were still kind of questions about David Hay. And we found answers to those questions in that fight. And although people were complaining before Hay Bellew won, nobody was complaining afterwards. <laughs> they got their money's worth. So anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below about Alexander Usyk versus Derek Chisora. Scheduled to take place on May the 23rd. Usyk's second fight in the heavyweight division. And this, I believe, might be a WBO final eliminator. Because Alexander Usyk is already the mandatory for the WBO. But if a mandatory takes a fight prior to his title shot, they often make that basically a defense of his mandatory status. So if Derek Chisora was to beat Usek, then he becomes the mandatory and he gets a shot at whoever's the WBO champion after AJ versus Pulev. So yeah, anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. It's Hatman, I'm out. Hatman merch is now available. We got t-shirts, vests, hoodies, and more. Just click the link below. Join me on Patreon. I upload a minimum of two podcasts every single week, covering a wide variety of controversial topics, as well as live stream Q&A sessions. Take a look on screen right now at some of the podcasts I've produced so far. For just $3 a month, the equivalent of about £2 a month, you get access to all my new podcasts and my entire back catalogue of past podcasts, including my popular Confessions of a Nightclub Bouncer series. You can listen on your computer or on your smartphone or tablet by downloading the Patreon app from the Google Play Store or the App Store for free. The Patreon app also allows you to download each podcast in MP3. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to dozens of hours of exclusive content. It's easy to sign up, there's no contract, and you can cancel at any time. So come and join our community of free and critical thinkers by signing up with me here on Patreon today.
Joy fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with the one and only David Hay. David, I have been stalking you for a few weeks now. Uh, I need to get the interview. I need to get the interview, and here we are. All good things come to those who <laughs> wait for the perfect opportunity, and here we are. It doesn't get any better than this. Usyk versus War Chisora. Mouth-watering fight. In a, in a, at a time where we, could, we, we all need a little bit of a, something to look forward to, you know, the, the markets, the, the economy seems to be grinding to a halt. But no, I, don't, I don't think anything could stop this, this mega event. People are so excited. It's, it's just under 11 weeks away, so it's just out of that danger zone. Everything that's happening in and around the next month is, you know, no one knows. Lots of things are getting cancelled. But the fact this fight is at about a bit past that, yeah. I, I, feel, I feel very confident that it's going to take place and it's going to be an absolutely cracking fight. You guys worried at all about ticket sales because I know people at the moment are like, "Well, if I buy tickets now." Not the way, not the, way the ticket sales have gone so far. They've gone, they've gone brilliantly. So no, not to be honest. Not a guarantee that they will get their money back yeah, should anything happen. If they buy tickets, they get their money back. So people are people are okay about that. And uh, but people want to be there. People don't want to miss out on this one. Yeah. You don't want to you don't want to use this. You don't want to. You don't need any excuse not to get your ticket to this fight because this will go down in history. This fight. People are really writing Derek off. You know. I understand why you you got someone who's lost. People are writing him off. For sure. Of course they're writing him off. He's lost nine professional fights against someone who's in most people's top ten pound for pound list right about now. Who's never lost a professional contest. Olympic gold medalist. The guy's uh, an absolute freak in terms of technical, in terms of you know his, uh, his ring generalship. He's just he's a brilliant, excellent, exceptional fighter that's moved up in weight, and we, it's the unknown. We don't know how he deals with a real heavyweight who drags him into a dogfight. I've seen him in a boxing match, and in a boxing match, he wins five times out of five. If he, but how about if it gets real tough? And rough, and he's put this additional weight on. He's put on another 15, ki 15 pounds of muscle, and he's he's feeling good. And then all of a sudden, that pace that worked at cruiserweight at 90 kilos, he can't maintain it past round six, seven, eight. But Derek's just getting warmed up. Derek's the, the freight train just keeps getting warmed up, keeps coming, keeps coming. You know, he might have to hold his feet a little bit and start exchanging with Derek. And in a in a toss up, toe to toe, blow for blow, I'm going with Derek. Usyk is taking on a, a very challenging opponent, uh, especially when all roads lead to Anthony Joshua at this point. It's a big risk he's to got, take. Yeah, he's got a he's got a lottery ticket at the moment that's got 10 million pounds on it, 10 million, 30 million dollars, whatever the exchange rate is. He's got that now. He could just go go to the Bahamas, chill out of a mojito, and just <laughs> cash it in when it's ready to cash in. But he's not, and that's why I like. That's why I'm a fan of Usyk because he wants challenges. He wants to test himself. And that's the reason he wants Chisora. Chisora went on his resume. That's the, that's the type of mindset that creates undisputed champions is the willingness to go to someone else's backyard and put it all on the line. Even though you've got this big pot of gold here, he learned significantly more money in the AJ fight than he's done in his whole career put together. But he doesn't care. He's not in it for the money. He's in it for the glory. And he realizes he's got to beat someone like Chisora to give himself the best chance against AJ. But I think he's picked the wrong guy. He's so many other heavyweights he could have picked, maybe even ranked higher than Derek. But he hasn't. He's picked Derek, and I'm like, thank you very much. This is this is like music to my ears. And in a, in in Usyk's only in Usyk's only heavyweight fight as a professional, I wasn't blown away. He didn't show any devastating punch power. He didn't. I wasn't that impressed. You know, it was a solid victory. Ticked all the boxes. Yeah, you got the cruiserweight in his first fight. You get let him off for his first fight. This is second fight. But how much of that was due to the fact that he didn't have time to actually train for that opponent? If that fight was at Cruiserweight and it was, uh, you brought somebody in of Chaz Witherspoon's pedigree in a Cruiserweight fight, do you think Usyk would have knocked him out? I do, real quick, because he was knocking out world champions. He was beating significant world champions in a lot more impressive fashion than he did do against Chad Witherspoon, and I only think it's because Chaz was that much bigger. He could absorb the punches, the shots that cruiserweights get hit with and get um, and step back and gives him a chance to breathe. Heavyweights just walk through those, and he wasn't expecting that. So Chaz Witherspoon technically didn't have enough to come to the table, but he was big and strong. Although he wasn't in shape, he hadn't been training for a, a fight, he came on real late notice, he, was, he still managed to last seven odd rounds. It's like, then he gave up on his talk because he's run out of energy. Derek Chisora is just going to put it on him from the first bell, get close, rough him up, heads low, he's going to do whatever, obviously within boundaries of the rules. And if there's a line here, he's going to just be on it the whole way. If that's the back of the head, he's going to be in on the back of the head. He's, he, that's the only way he can win. He can't win in a boxing match. Stands out, jab, he starts doing his fainting stuff. 
it'll come unstuck. And, we, and he knows that. And, it, and it worked. that's what happens when he's got the sparring partners in. If he stands off and has a boxing match, he'll just get his head jabbed off. So why, why play that game? So let's talk about the, the WBO mandatory then. Yeah. Should uh, Chisora win? What happens then? Will he become the mandatory? And was we talked to Paco at the WBO to make it official, but on paper, obviously, he's got a mandatory position. This should be a final eliminator. It goes back to a final sort of winner, then moves forward to fight the, uh, the WBO champion. And um, he's ranked, he's ranked highly. He's, it's a big fight. And if it does, if that fight does happen, what the governing bodies don't want is some guy who's got no marketability about him, no story, fighting their main man and nobody earns money. But Derek Chisora brings the O2 arena on his own. You know, so Derek Chisora and Andy Joshua, who fills out football stadiums, all British heavyweight clash. That's the one that everybody wants. That's the one the WBO want. That's the unless it's a unification fight against Fury, which I don't see happening until 2021. Um, but you know, that's looking too far into the future and looking. You know, Derek has to win a fight that many people think is an impossible fight to win. Do you think that it was fair that basically upon entry into the heavyweight division that? Usyk was named as the mandatory to yeah, Anthony I, Joshua. It was, I think, his... Some people don't feel that way. That's because they weren't the number one in the division. When any, whenever a fight is unified, has all the belts in one division, the ring magazine number one, stepping up in a way, he's obviously got the, the accolades of being a, a number one world champion. Why should he start at the same run as someone coming into the heavyweight division who's got no history. He's, the ch he's, he's a champion. He didn't lose the belts. He relinquished the belts. So technically, he's still a champion because no one's, took, no one's taken the belts off of him. The belts have been uh, fragmented now and other people are fighting for him. But he's still the man. You deserve that. You know, it took me, after I relinquished the belts, I had one fight against um, uh, Monty Two Guns Barrett, knocked him out. And then my next fight was against uh, Nikolai Valua for the heavyweight title. Everyone was complaining at the time that I shouldn't, be in shouldn't get the opportunity to fight it. But I did, and I won. So I proved that maybe off the strength of what I did at Cruiserweight, they realized, okay, David Hay did went in, in two fights, went up and fought for the heavyweight title, and maybe Usyk can do it in three. You know, so I understand why the powers that be put him so highly ranked in the WBO because he's, he's you know, he's, you've got to put him in at least top five. But Mandry, I, I heard a few rumblings, it's not fair, but you know, that's life. Well, you never know what's going to happen in the heavyweight division. We just saw that a few weeks back. And I got to say, I saw the highlights of your reaction. <laughs> when, you were, when you were sitting ringside, you were like, you look like a right fan sitting ringside. That's the thing. Uh, although I'm kind of dead to do my commentary, I'm there as a fan, really. <laughs> fan first and foremost. I love sitting back ringside, just watching two peak athletes going at it who are both super confident, are both prepared, are both mentally upfit, both undefeated. It was like, and to watch the way it unfolded was, you know, I'm so glad I was there. I'm so glad I wouldn't watch it at home. I'm so glad I was there ringside watching these guys because it was what it's going to go down as one of the greatest, you know, fights in the heavyweight division. The way it went down, the way he did it was fantastic. And the reason why I believe he won it is because in his head, he knew he could do it. And I, for one, didn't. I thought he was going to get knocked out by, by, by Wilder. But he superseded Wilder's punch power with his tenacity, with his energy, with a game plan. That's, I see something similar here. You know, Wilder had that one, that one trick that was the big right hand. Usyk's one trick is his skill set. He can punch from all angles. He's so slippery. And if you have a boxing match with him, he beats you 10 times out of 10. But how about when you don't have a boxing match? How about when you get so close to uh, Wilder that he can't punch, that he can't get that perfect shot? He loses. I'm hoping that's the same case with, uh, with Usyk. What happens when you don't have a boxing match with Usyk, when you just get close to him, get to him and just work, work, work? Can he work with you? What does he do? Does he hold? Does he tuck up? Does he punch with you? Whichever one he does, I think Derek Chisora is going to have a great night. Well, thank you for your time. No I appreciate it. I know two minutes. You said two minutes. You're quick two minutes. Did I say two minutes? I did not. Oh, okay. It's two minutes. <laughs> no, I meant... Oh, I do, come here. I can't do an interview with you. <laughs> less than 20 minutes no, so. no, no, no. well thank you so much for your time i appreciate it stay safe out there get your hair it's forced me to wear these yep. these gloves here at the press conference so i don't touch anybody doesn't want me contaminating anybody in and around him so i'm doing my part some weird times going on outside right now with all the different events canceling disneyland closed down i think for the fourth time in history uh just to prevent the sun the sun still comes up at the same time and goes down at the same time 
the world keeps spinning and that's all you can do. Just be aware of it and try not to hide under your, try and don't, don't hide under your bed in fear because no, nobody wins that way. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I'll speak with you um, in the coming weeks then. All right. Bye, Fight Fans. Hey, Fight Fans. It's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and also hit the bell button so that you can get alerts every time we upload a new video. This is Andy off Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm Lob John Boy Trainer and Manager John Pegg here in Birmingham. John, how first and foremost, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good Andy, how are you? I'm all good mate, all good, obviously good to hear you doing well yourself. Right, start off with Shakan. he's obviously been waiting for that British title fight. Who's originally going to face Craig Richards, just talking about that and the fall, well not the fallout, but Craig's uh, virus I believe it was, that meant that he had to pull out. Yeah, um, Craig pulled out. Uh, and fair play to Hennessy Sports. They'd kind of put someone on the undercard who was a very good substitute if needed. And they'd put it in the contract that if anything goes wrong, we've got someone ready to step up there. You know, they'd, they had really good like, uh, forward thinking. And, and Shaq was getting ready to fight. He wasn't getting ready for anyone at that stage in particular. He was just getting fight fit. He was getting hardened. And, and by the time that we realised what was going on, Paul and Louis started putting a plan into place that was slightly different. But, you know, Shaq was just getting ready to fight anyone at that stage. He, you know, the British title was there. He was getting fit to fight. We hadn't even started working on particular tactics or anything. So it's not a, a massive major problem for us. You know, at the stage that it was, we were just get, getting him tough, hard and really fit. So it wasn't a problem. We saw a few exchanges, not many, but a few over social media between Shaq and Craig. Was he frustrated at all that the, the, the fight wouldn't take place on the back of it? Um, well, they've ordered that the winner has to fight Craig. So that's not a problem. Uh, as long as we do the job, which, which, which Shaq's going to, then we'll fight Craig anyway. Uh, and, and the stuff on social media was more about the, the back and forth, about, well, we don't want a voluntary, we don't fancy that. OK, we're the mandatory. Well, that's not good enough. Speak to my promoter. And then it was Shaq's promoter who won the purse bids. So Shaq was kind of like, I don't need to do any more. Just, just, that's what he was saying, just turn up and fight. So he's talking about his fight with Chad then. How exactly do you expect it to play out between Shaq and Chad when they are in the ring? Um, I think it's going to be a good fight, but Shaq's too big. Yeah. People talk about Bob Foster being a giant of a light heavyweight, how big he was. Eh? Shaq's three inches bigger than him, and his reach is about five inches longer. Chad's a good, tough, strong fighter, but really, he's probably a super middleweight. I fully expect Chad, after this fight, to move down to super middle and pick titles up. Because at super middle, he'll be a very good size for it. Light heavy, he's slightly below average, and Shaq's an absolute freak of nature. You know, the guys who, who are big at light heavy, such as your Craig Richards at six foot three, some other lads who are six foot two, Shaq has got three or four inches on them. And as you've seen, he's not a skinny kid. He's got a big upper body. How he quite does it, I don't know. I'd like him to have some kind of like all over medical that says that there's, there's bones missing somewhere or something because I don't know quite how he does it. Like I say, you look at the giants at Light Heavy and Shaq's bigger than all of them. And he's got a, over a seven foot reach. That's not easy to deal with. Obviously Shaq started his career up at Cruiserweight. Yeah. How surprised were you that he was able to drop to Light Heavy so, so comfortably? Because it was the Ultimate Boxer series that made him make that decision. Uh, it wasn't a massive surprise. He was never a big cruiser. Yeah. If you look, he was always 13-7, something like that. And that was with him eating to fight 14 stone guys. And like, that's why his early career isn't littered with stoppages. Because he was fighting men who was coming down from 15+. Plus, and he was... Walking around at 13-2, 13-3, eating well and get, coming in at 13-7. So once we started trimming him down a couple of times, when we got some of the smaller cruisers, he made just over 13 easy. And you can look at a boxer and you know in their eyes and the face and the reactions quite how easy they're making it. And we was like, oh, he's doing this too comfortable. We looked for an opportunity. People didn't really give him us because nobody wanted to fight someone six foot six at large. Every. Nobody wanted that chance. Ultimate boxer come along. And he'd done it comfortable. He'd done, actually done the light heavy limit there. And then when he got his English title fight, he was 12 stone five and a bit. 
And, you know, if you're struggling all your watts, you don't come in at 12 stone 5 and a bit, and you don't do 10 rounds moving against a, a strong opponent like Dex Spalman. We've even hinted that if the right fight was there, maybe even super middle, and he'd be an absolute good... 12, 5 and a bit, if you're comfy, there's always two pounds there, and we were saying, well, if you can get to 12, 3, maybe 12, but the right, it'd have to be the right fight, because it would be tough, but he'd be an absolute freak of nature at 12 stone, wouldn't he? You know what I mean? But we'll see. Have you had any talks with anybody about a potential super middleweight fight? No, because we want to establish this first. We want to do this, because... It's no good talking just because you're big for the weight and because you're a top prospect. Because at the moment, even though now he's won the English, he's gone past prospects. But he's still, for the big fights, he's, he's just a prospect. But if we win the British, the British opens so many doors. Look how many people have had world title fights off the back of a British title. It's like, it's, it's such an established and well-known title. You can be English champion and you, you're kind of classed as a good domestic level fighter. You win the British, and all of a sudden, Americans and people like that are going, oh, that guy's got a Lonsdale belt. Let's, let's make a defence against him. You know, the, Jason Wilborn was probably the most recent example of a British champion who got a, a big chance because he was British champion, and he went over there and gave it all he's got. So if we do the job that we fully expect Shaq to do and look impressive, and people love the fact of the size of him, we've got a few American people who keep contacting us because people love giants in nature, you know, the circuses and stuff, it's like, oh, they're the biggest man in the world, the strongest man. They love big guys. So when they see someone who's a freak of nature at their weight, it attracts them. And the Americans are having, a, are having a look at him already, to be honest. Let's obviously move away from Shaq and just touch on to Sam as well now. Sam fighting on the same bill. I haven't seen an opponent announced as of yet. Have you got an update for us? We've asked for, we've asked the agent for somebody... It's an eight-rounder now as well because we lost the bet on the bill. We've asked the agent for somebody who's won 20-odd, lost 10. You know, we don't want an absolute world beater because he's not a title or anything. We don't want someone that's... Because it's only eight rounds, but we don't want someone who's won seven, lost 20. Sam will perform down to that. We want someone who, you know, like I say, a decent record, but not something for an eight-rounder that's going to... Like be a life and death, or we got you know we just want something that keeps him working, keeps him sharp against the better opponents. He's sharper, so we've asked for something like that. So, like I said, we don't want someone with a half and half record or less. We want someone with a positive record, someone someone who's in the winning side of it. And we'll match. You know, he's walking around now. You'll see him on camera in a bit. He's walking around about eleven five now, and we're matching him at eleven two. So he's literally walking around at you know, where he's meant to be. So that's good. And it's still, we're still looking, going, you're doing like middle too easy, but we know what a struggle Welter was. But now he's happy and comfy. He's doing it even easier. When you hated doing it, it was kind of like a chore, makes things harder. So if he comes in at 10-12 when we match him at 11-2, we're definitely still going to keep our options open for maybe Welterweight. Because now he's happy in his training, like weight-wise, it's coming off easier. You'll see him now. He looks fight ready now. When you see him in the interview in a bit, you have a look at his face and the shape around his shoulders. So there's still options for Sam there as well. And he's got a world top five ranking. Who knows what will come from that? I know you said to me as we were coming up here to do this interview, but you've had a lot of people messaging about what's the situation with Matchroom. I know he isn't actually contractually obliged to fight for Matchroom. He hasn't got anything signed and hasn't for a while. What was Matchroom's take on him fighting on a Hennessy sports show there? Um... Well, we spoke to Barry, because obviously Eddie's hard to get hold of. And, 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 you know, and Barry gives you the right advice, no matter what. If Barry did turn around and says, bad idea, don't do it, we wouldn't have even thought about it. Because he's never given Sam bad advice. Even when things have been blips and that, Barry's usually kind of read it further on and, and, and warned us or says, this is the risk. So when we spoke to him, if he'd have gone, oh, don't do that, but he says... Sam's better when he stays active, keep him active, get him out there fighting. You know, if, if someone's got a big fight for someone, doesn't matter whether it's an American or whatever, they're going to offer that fight. Our guys fight, you know, they, they, it's very rare they're tied down, they'll fight, and that's why people like them. So when Barry says, yeah, get out there and do it, and, and NSC Sports have been great with Sam. It's good for them to have an exciting fight to run, but they've also been great with him. A lot of people will say, hold on, you're usually on matchroom, stick to that, you wait for your fight over there. NEC Sports are just about, let's have the best show possible. 
And it'd be hard for anyone to say that the fucking Savage, sorry for swearing, is not an asset to any show. When I put him on the villa or when I put him on little shows up north to keep him active, the fans love that. People say we have fans coming to buy tickets just because he's on. So he's an asset to any show, but NEC Sports have been really, really good and really like, worked with us to, to, to get it right. And like I said, there was no problem. If there'd have been a problem, um, the, you know, when Sam chatted, because Sam chatted with him, when Sam chatted with Barry, if there'd have been a problem, it wouldn't have happened because he's got too much respect for like, Barry's knowledge to kind of just go, oh, well, forget that, you know. So it's all worked out good. But when, when you just sit down and ask the question of people and say, well, this is why we're doing this or this is whatever, it usually works okay. It's when you try and do it and not tell people that there's a bit of what's or try and, like, you know, just speak to people. And if it's going to work, it's going to work. And, and everyone's, everyone's been really good about it. And it means Sam gets to fight more often and people get to see him more often. That's not a bad thing with the way he fights. So what is the plan for Sam this year? I know last year you said to me you just wanted to keep him as active as possible. Uh, did you fight six times last year? Six, altogether? Yeah, so six. six, so you, you're trying to replicate something similar. But you also said to me that you wasn't intending on putting him on a matchroom show. I know he went out to Italy and performed with that there and was victorious. What is the plan now for him this year? Again, uh, we're going to take it as it comes. Obviously, you've got to be ready for opportunities when... When you've had losses, the opportunities sometimes come more, sometimes come less. But it's important, as, as I spoke about, when the Italy fight come, we'd kept Sam quite busy. And I think that was the difference between going over there and maybe labouring to a 10th round stoppage or a, a, a narrow points loss in a foreign country to going out there and blitzing him in two rounds. He was, he was, he was sharp and he was also on weight consistently. Because it's hard for a, a veteran fighter of over 30 fights to not let the weight drift up a bit in between. And if it drifts up, then you've got to spend two weeks getting it back down. Because he was fighting all the time, he didn't go over like 11-10. So he was constantly, he was straight on weight. And I think that showed. So when I said to you about keeping him active, that was the idea. So when something good come. So this year, we're going to keep him active. We're going to do what we're going to do to keep him active. We'll talk to people. But we're ready to take opportunities. He's got a world top five ranking. He's actually feeling, like I say, a little bit too good at the weight. So if someone comes at Walter, we'll consider that. And, and whatever happens, he'll be having a proper fight by, I think, the middle of the year. And if he wins, you know, who knows where he goes from there. Because every time he gets wrote off, he has a big win. And people are going, oh, he's still here. And then they suddenly realise, oh, he's 26. And that's what we're looking we're not making no big plans because we've tried to that before and it doesn't work for Sam. If he has a big plan, it short circuits him. You just throw stuff at him, give him the time to get ready, keep him in shape in between and, and he can go in with anyone. I'm not going to say we're going to beat everyone because nobody beats everyone, but he'll go in, he'll have a great fight and we'll see what happens with him. Just a quick fight, so I just want to get your thoughts on John before I do let you crack on and no enjoy the rest of the session with the lads. Um, Alexander Usyk versus Derek Chisora has just been announced. What are your thoughts on their fight? Uh, I'm really kind of at odds with that one because Chisora really is like the perfect foil for Usyk to look great. Yeah, he's tricky. Chisora can be flat footed once a fight, but then I'm thinking, is Usyk planning? I'm becoming a proper heavyweight because before a cruiserweight would move up like a Holyfield and he'd be like two inches shorter, a stone lighter. Now people are like seven and eight inches taller than him, three and four stone heavier. Does he keep his speed but just get manhandled by a Tyson Fury, can't make a dent? Does he try and be a bit bigger but then does he lose his best assets? And if he tries to kind of practice this with Chisora, coming in a bit bigger, a bit stronger, slowing his feet down a bit to, to cope with the even bigger... I think it's a good idea of Chisora because he's kind of an old kind of style he size heavyweight. Does he suddenly find himself in a war with Chisora? Chisora don't really lose wars. It's really tricky. My, my gut feeling is Yuzik is too fresh, too crafty, too skillful. And Chisora is at one of the hardest careers of any top-level guy. And I think that will make the difference. But there's that transition of Yuzik having to... Because no other cruiserweight has had to look at the kind of guys that are about now. Yeah. Six foot seven, six foot nine, six foot six, 18 stone, 19 stone. 20 years ago, a guy at six foot five was considered a giant. Now he's kind of average. 
But Utic is like the right size for a, a big cruiser. So I'm just wondering, will that transition make it into a more of a war? Will that make it interesting? I think that Utic will do the job by a real wide points margin. But I think that whole transition thing makes it very interesting. Then obviously another fight which was announced last week, I believe. Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin. Again, what are your thoughts on that one, John? Um, yeah, I just think uh, Povetkin is just at the kind of right time where he's good enough to be a, a proper fight and exciting, but just enough over the hill that it's going to watch it. That it's going to kind of be tipped towards Dillian White. And I think Dillian White is going to be tipped up for him. I think there'll be a little bit of fear of Povetkin that makes Dillian White do everything perfect. Because if Dillian White is lacking a bit of fear, he can be a bit lackadaisy, he can just think, I'm going to roll through this guy, and he can look a bit flawed. When he's tipped up, he's a dangerous man. And it's kind of like, it's like he's being held back from Dillian White. He's got this hunger that he ain't letting them do it to him. I think Dillian White's going to be in great shape. And I think Povetkin has his moments, but Dillian White comes through with maybe a brutal stoppage. Well, John, we will leave it there now because it sounds like the session seems to be finishing yeah. downstairs. But I appreciate your time as always. Thank you for inviting me up today. And I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Speaks Boxing Social. Thanks, Andy. Good to see you as always.